the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. New time slot gives me three hours. There's a lot of atrocity out there. And uh, I simply don't have enough time. So we're going to prioritize this my way. My show. It's my show. I love that. So um, what's going on with the money is always the main thing. But I'm going to leave that aside for now. Because I'm going to deal with the distraction. The distraction is that we are going to be pulled back into Afghanistan. The table is being set. That's what we're living through now. This debacle, this atrocity of now I'm going to call it Talibanistan because it's not Afghanistan anymore. The Taliban has taken it over. They are mimicking a government. They will be underwritten and funded by America. Now it will run through the UN. It will run through the IMF bank, but ultimately... The very people who were harmed the most by the Taliban, aside from the people they're terrorizing right now, are going to end up paying for all of this. And you will be told how the government had no, no, they had no other options and they will conceal the, the decisions that are terrible on the surface and they're bad and yada, yada. I believe they were planned. I believe that the American Democrat is a subversive I think that they have worked to strengthen the Taliban for the last 30 years. The end game is simple. It's the forever distraction to lift and spend money. That's what it always is. Because simultaneously with this, they're going to tell you how patriotic it is to destroy your opportunity in the future, to raise taxes on the people that are actually earning money and producing and are productive. And it will all be wrapped, like most atrocities, in a flag of patriotism. Because by the time this is over, everyone will be cheering to go back into Talibanistan. And I said before, I I was an advocate to, I don't think we should have ever stepped in. I don't think the Middle East is worth one American soul, one American drop of blood, one American dollar. I've always felt that way. I think the best way to get people to conform is to stop paying subhumans, both in this country and abroad. I think we would all be better off if we were able to stop paying for our own destruction. However, we seem to be on a pattern. We seem to be on track. So uh, when you see this and when you hear these excuses, they're almost too much to take. 
it's it's to the point it's so ridiculous that it's funny. Now here is the propaganda minister, Pippi Lystock and Jen Psaki. On these charter flights that the Taliban is holding up in Afghanistan, the Secretary of State said there are limits to what we can do without personnel on the ground. Yeah. You just said we are not on the ground. You're right. Whose fault is that? I don't think this is about fault here. No, no, no. It's your party's fault. Unequivocally, unabashedly, your party's fault. And mainly, it's your flaccid fascist's fault. Because I'm not quite sure of exactly how many Democrats would have done this. I would say probably 40. Eh, I'm way low. Probably say 80% of them would do it. I'd like to think there are some of those old timers out there who keep insisting they're Democrats without realizing that the Democrat Party is the American Communist, the American Marxist, the American Socialist Party. And they made this decision single-handedly. This atrocity falls directly on the White House. Now, I'd like to say Joe Biden, but after you watch this idiot... Everybody knows he's he's merely a figurehead. I mean, this is moon over Parador stuff where this idiot's impersonating a leader and uh, the party in total, the, the, the American Marxist mafia is who's calling the shots. They're just putting out the Crypt Keeper so that you have attention. I'm trying to square where things actually stand. The Secretary of State said a couple of times it was a documentation issue. A U.S. Senator, Richard Blumenthal, pushed back vociferously on that. Today, the Secretary of State said the Taliban are not permitting the charter flights to leave and put it precisely on them. What's your understanding? So a lot's in this clip. Patriotic Americans, individual groups got together and saw the calamity that was happening nine days ago, ten days ago. They decided to do something knowing that only a government that's incapable of delivering a letter could screw up what was considered to be a success without a murder in 18 months. Only a government that allowed the Taliban, a band of misfits, to grab $83 billion of American weapons and take over a country in weeks were not able to get the right people, the right amount of people out. So once again, private sector to the rescue, they hire pilots, they hire mercenaries, they, they hire planes, and they go over there to get people. And what does the American government do? It screws it up. It acts as an assistant to the terrorists, to the Taliban. And now, who knows how many people, you're never going to get the right number from this band of thieves and liars, who knows how many people are sitting on planes or in hangars and don't worry, when those planes take off, believe me, the American government will snap into action again, and they will say that the planes haven't fit some sort of maintenance requirement, and they'll be diverted somewhere else. Because the American government is the most incompetent, most corrupt, most inept body of people ever organized under one title, the American government. Standing of the holdup, and if the Taliban is preventing them, what levers do you have right now? Well, there a couple pieces are true here. Um, so one is we are continuing to press the Taliban. The Secretary of State is. Uh, to the Secretary of State is continuing to press the Taliban. Now, how do you, how do you press a people that is willing to stone their daughters? How do you, how do you press? How do you leverage a people who mutilates family members and anybody that doesn't swear allegiance? To their Alibaba unicorn. How do you do it? And that's bribery. See, the American Democrat, they're aware that everybody has a price. I mean, after all, they're all political whores, and they'd sell their mother if the number was right. So in their mind, they think they can reason with these 7th century savages 
They can't reason with them. So what's going on right now is a, an attempt to bribe terrorists who will take that money and then use it to kill innocent people again. Do more to abide by uh, allowing American citizens, uh, individuals with uh, who are legal permanent residents, and individuals with proper documentation to depart the country. Uh, it is also true uh, that uh, we don't have a role in preventing flights from taking off. We are not on the ground. So that is not something the U.S. government is doing. And from the perpetrator to the victim. They perpetrated this chaos. They perpetrated this situation. They are the ones who left all of these people, lied about the numbers, lied about everything. And now, as of today, that's the pivot. I want you to pay attention now. Now they're victims and they're with us. Now they just try to blend into the crowd of Americans. We're victims too. Boy, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, now we're we after they made the decisions that got us here after they made the decision that led to the deaths and murder and torture of we don't even know how many. Now there's clips out there of wonderful American women who went there to get married, who are stranded, who were 15 feet away from the plane. I've got them. They're, they're heart-wrenching. They're heart-wrenching. I don't want to exploit these people because it takes your eye off of exactly who's at fault. Jen Psaki is the propaganda minister for the American Socialist Workers Party. Absolutely and unequivocally. Now, I've got Joe Biden getting on his knees in front of the labor extortion unions. We'll play that clip later as well. This is now the next 48 hours. This will become all of our problems, and we're all going to have to solve it. And how do we do it? We're going to have to raise the debt ceiling. And by the way, we're going to have to pass that bill, and you're going to have to pay off their corrupt mafia. That's all part of the grander scheme. Is it a conspiracy theory? No, it's our reality. As of now. The Taliban are not permitting the charter flights to depart. They claim that some of the passengers do not have the required documentation. While there are limits to what we... How does the Taliban look at documentation? These are a group of savages that are still confused by the thought of toilet paper. They read like they all went to CPS. How are they going to look at paperwork? The paperwork they look at is various forms of money or weapons. They're good on weapons, too. ...can do without personnel on the ground without an airport with normal security procedures in place we are working to do everything in our power to support those flights and to get them off the ground <laughs> you gave all that stuff away stupid you beady-eyed lapdog to biden and the only reason you're in that position is because you used to sit on his lap and cover up his schemes that's who makes up the decision makers in the american government a bunch of political whores and their assistants. By the way, did you happen to catch the Monica Lewinsky thing? Yeah, they're trying to put a positive spin on that. Mm-hmm. He should apologize. Yeah, he should apologize. These are the kind of people we're dealing with. This is very thought out. This is very thorough. And you're going to pay the bill. Because simultaneously with this, it's all about the debt ceiling. It's all about it. Madam Speaker, we just got a letter. We saw the letter that Secretary Yellen had sent you uh, yes. about the debt ceiling. And she wrote in there that she expects those extraordinary measures to expire sometime in October. What is your plan to deal with the debt ceiling? And does that letter impact your thinking about it? Because she said irreparable damage could be done if, if that's not addressed. Well, I appreciate your question. I do have a letter. I just got it this morning, as you know. And uh, she does say uh, that we have just until mid-October with any of the unusual, hopefully by mid-October, unusual measures uh, that the Secretary of the Treasurer has. Now you see the timing? 
mid-October. By that time, the rage in this country over the atrocity in Afghanistan, the rage in this country over the demagogue Democrat governors throughout the country, the mafia, as they shut down their businesses and imprison their people, it will be big enough that people say, just fix it. And what goes along with just fix it is to pay off these scum and these scoundrel Democrats as they never take their eye off the ball. We so urgently need, Mr. President, your big and bold, your big and bold Build Back Better plan. See? You see where it's going? Just get ready. So for those people out there, I came across one. I think it's what irritated me yesterday. A wonderful guy who said, well, I, I have to say, I, I, I still see myself as a Democrat. Do you? Do you see yourself as a Democrat? Well, then you're in on the mafia because it's only made up of the two people. It's only made up of the two people. The upper echelon, which profits and bastardizes this through the corruption and the useful idiots they use as shields, the welfare recipients and the so-called virtuous underachievers, drug addicts, and morons that vote for. 312-642-5600. I'll take it. Listen, I understand that um, a lot of people like to have these issues separated, taken one at a time, go through them, and then move on. I'm here to tell you that's the problem with what we've been doing. It's the macro situation and the micro excuses that have been used to destroy and bankrupt the American way of life and the American principles. That's the fact. We've, take, we've allowed this formula to work for too long. And in the meantime, I've got Nancy Pelosi will go on to call it the Trump debt in the clip. The entire time not recognizing that Barack Obama added $10 trillion to the debt after, after the moron George W. Bush added seven. Donald Trump has spent way too much, added way too much debt. I agree. But out of those three, he's the bargain of the bunch. And that now we have this moron, this morphodite, this figurehead, this flaccid fascist, this pathetic excuse of a man, let alone a president. He's just going to do whatever the hell they tell him to do, because that's what he's good for. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back. We have to build back better. We have to compete. Yeah. Idiot. Idiot. Political whore from a state that was surrounded, that was created for tax avoidance. This is a guy that through his entire career cheated everybody. Now he's got the helm and he's got the idiots. He's going to rally that posse of Marxists. And it won't take long, in my opinion, to bankrupt an already bankrupted country. I think it's that it's the week where America changed. They call it an anniversary. I don't like that. September 11th was the day America broke its own principles. Rather than focusing on exactly what we needed to do, we, we, we all got behind everybody else and we turned a blind eye. And we were all taken advantage of, and only the few the small, connected government oligarchs really, really, really controlled everything from there on out. And the next thing you know, you'll have independent governors shut down your businesses, put you under house arrest, tell you what to put on your face, tell you what to put in your body, and it'll be considered normal in America. Land of the free home of the brave. Jim, Naperville. 
You know, I'm really tired of uh, people running down the uh, opposition to uh, the, the uh, status quo. You know, this fat ass. I'm sorry, pardon my language. The, in, well, in the, I don't know who you're talking uh, about. That covers office. like 78% of the people I saw just today. But go ahead. <laughs> you're in Illinois, man. They have a oh. filter. They have like uh, bars. Going, you can't get out of Illinois without, you know, hey. Okay. Hey, but the, uh, you know, we have good people here that are really trying to fight the good fight. And then there's been opposition. And, and uh, unfortunately, it's been, you know, kind of demeaned like a, or undermined by some of our radio talk show hosts locally that say, this, this guy doesn't have any chance to win. And it's like, by, by, at the same time, people are encouraging people, hey, stand up. Well, I've I have I have been guilty of that, right? I have said that good people don't have a chance to win. And why do I say that? When you run somebody like Raybine, who is a wonderful guy, who should not only be considered to be a governor, his kind of ideology should be considered to make all kinds of different policies at every level of government. Why do I say he doesn't have a chance? And Jim in Naperville, you should know that. You live in Illinois. The vast majority of your neighbors and their families are now all-out socialists, vote for the Illinois Democrat Party, have voted for the American Democrat Party. To me, the ideology in Illinois has been corrupted and now has forever set itself on a trajectory not to correct itself through the principles of Americanism. So do I think that's the case throughout the country? And the answer is no. If the good people understand they are wasting their future, and their life in states like Illinois that are already corrupted, where the policies in place, like the ones I read you about, where Kim Fox refuses to prosecute an obvious murderer of a seven-year-old girl. And that's just one example, let alone the numerous, numerous felons they all let forward. When it is now normal for American politicians to advocate for groups that bail out murderers, like our own Nooner Harris. A group that Vice President Kamala Harris urged followers to support helped free an alleged domestic abuser who is now accused of murder. Minneapolis. So now everybody in my mind, everybody that voted for this person and her ticket is guilty of that person's murder. That's the philosophy of Illinois. Illinois is beyond blue. It's navy blue. It's extremely blue. It's never going to be red. And the reason is... The Illinois Republican Party is feckless and ridiculous and corrupted. So what am I going to just keep throwing money down a sinkhole and pretending that there's an Illinois Republican without realizing who makes up the upper echelon of the Illinois Republican Party? Are corrupted lobbyists and their families? Are investors in the collapse of Illinois, in video games, in marijuana dispensers? In fact, advocated, and Tom Brady no, is his name Tom Brady? I think it is. What's his name? Tom Brady? The guy who used to be the head, Macbeth, he used to be the head of the Illinois Republic. Pat Brady, thank you very much. I knew Tom Brady sounded wrong. Pat Brady came on television, Chicago television, and advocated that people vote for Joe Biden. That's it. It's over. If you, if you think the Illinois Republican Party, led by these people I described, and who, who I described are Durkin and the two Bradys, who are not related and are just equally as stupid and, and moronic, both Pat and uh, Bill, idiots. 
These are the guys that let this happen to a once great state. A heartbreaking, for me to leave, heartbreaking. But it is the reality. 312-642-5600. we got a guest coming up, then I'm going to take your calls. We're going to get back to this because it's always, always about positioning yourself to win. Because I'm never going to get used to losing, and I'm never going to get used to being an American slave. Will you? We'll be back after this. You know, it's funny. A lot of times um, I'll get criticized. I won't take a lot of calls from Illinois Democrats. That's because I feel nothing for them. I feel they should be forced to live in the climate they've voted for, they've supported their ideology built good for them let them live in the ghettos they've created the only people i feel bad for in illinois are the republican hostages or the independent hostages who are not in on this scam are not corrupted by it it actually makes up a lot of illinois greg bishop is a staff reporter for the center square he has years of reporting on illinois government he's also a host wmay morning news feed out of springfield Those people, unfortunately, have always been victimized by the policies of the Chicago Mafia. I wanted to bring Greg on. How are you, Greg? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Yourself? Uh, I'm annoyed, Greg, because I watched my once great hometown, home city, home state, be destroyed by the uh, the Mafia Marxist posing as a Democrat in Illinois. And I feel you have witnessed this as well. Well, being a reporter at the State House, I definitely uh, get to watch up close how the sausage is made, so to speak. And uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something I think that taxpayers need more uh, uh, sunlight shown upon uh, as they uh, as they see how the policies that are enacted at the State House are impacting their pocketbook. So years ago, I'm talking many years ago, right out of college, I was uh, working and a friend of mine went into government. And he was telling me of the shenanigans that go on in Springfield, everything from the manipulation of parking to air conditioning and all the nonsense. And then he would tell me about the nightlife and exactly what happened in Illinois. I think the 99% of Illinoisans have no idea just how much activity, how much shared payoffs and lobby schemes happen in those bars and restaurants in Springfield. Do you think that that may be interesting to the Illinoisan who wonders why the state has gone bankrupt and is a desert of opportunity and capitalism? One thing that I have observed is there are a lot of conversations that do not happen in public hearings or on the House floor or on the Senate floor. A lot of policy decisions are being made behind closed doors before they actually uh, you know, make make uh, make its way to the public. Uh, recent examples uh, are the, the large budgets that are dropped within moments before they're brought up on the floor of either chamber. Uh, and we're talking hundreds of pages of bills, tens of billions of dollars in spending, and there's not much time for actual overview or oversight from lawmakers to be able to take back to their uh, taxpaying constituents to tell them what's going on so they can get feedback. Uh, so that happens with the budget practically every year that I've watched it. It's always been last minute, a lot of pressure on in those last moments to pass something. Uh, and then uh, something else we've seen recently is the legislative maps. 
Uh, and that's still embroiled in a lawsuit right now. And these maps were drawn by the Democratic majority based off estimates, and they passed it in May saying they had to meet a certain deadline. But those maps weren't actually released until, again, moments before they were to be voted upon. That was at the opposition of Republicans and civic groups that were saying they needed more time to review. But what was clear was behind closed doors at the Capitol building on the Capitol complex, there was a secret map room that Democrats were going in and drawing their maps. Uh, And, of course, that's been challenged in the courts. And we saw lawmakers come back last week. And, again, we saw the maps dropped literally 30 minutes before they got onto the House floor. And these were maps that were revised at least two or three times throughout the course of several days, despite groups saying they needed at least two weeks to a month to review and provide feedback. That didn't stop the majority Democrats from passing those maps. Now those maps are still being challenged in the federal court. So we've seen this time and again of backroom deals, whether it's at a bar or you know uh, over dinner or in legislators' offices behind closed doors. We don't typically see the end results as the public, the taxpayers who are footing the bill for all of this, until it's just before a House or a Senate floor vote. You know what I find most disgusting about this is um, I remember when Bruce Rounier, I believe the regular people call him Bruce Rauner, had uh, Nancy Kimmy, that mafia boss, and the way and the power that she had. And it was really only, only paralleled by the Democrat lobbying firms who mainly put in their own kids. I believe Mike Madigan's son is a lobbyist, if I'm not mistaken. And you see this parliamentary trickery, and this is all orchestrated by these lobbyists and their, their, their schemes to intimidate or bribe other politicians. And this trickery happens because some of the bill is actually good. Some of the bill will actually have a nice uh, aspect that may, in fact, appear to help the Illinoisan. But by the time it's it's voted on, and this happens, why would they ever change this if it's worked so well? And my diagnosis is when you have a state, when you look at the map of Illinois and you see how much of it is not Democrat, it's really we're up to two or three counties that elected this governor. Those counties are always infiltrated with that kind of, that kind of pay-to-play citizen. Can it ever go back to being red, or is this has this blueprint of Democrat corruption forever just infiltrated Illinois. The new House Speaker, um, Emmanuel Chris Welch, uh, of course, uh, he replaced uh, the longtime Illinois House Speaker, Michael Madigan, who's also known as Public Official A in the comment bribery scheme that's currently embroiled in federal court. Uh, He said that uh, when he took over, uh, Speaker Welch said it's a new day. And uh, one criticism that we hear regularly from Republicans is, It does not feel like a new day because of the last-minute bill drops, the backroom deals, the uh, exclusion of getting Republican input, uh, or at least uh, you know thoughtful uh, you know conversations that uh, that that actually take into account that input, not just hearing it. Uh, But uh, Republicans say that it doesn't feel like a new day, Uh, and some of the uh, the last-minute bill drops are an indication to them that. uh, uh, that, that that pressure is there, uh, and uh, they're not being heard in their concerns, uh, and they have a whole host of concerns. Ethics reforms, changes to the legislative maps so politicians don't draw the maps and so that voters can select who their elected officials are, uh, to how money's being spent. And uh, 
uh, all of that uh, is things that some Republicans feel that they're just being left out on. And we have another major issue coming up tomorrow. The House will be in session to take up energy legislation. And there has <laughs> been, again, multiple different bills filed. Then they changed last minute. It's still unclear what bill they're ultimately going to move on, but the House is poised to pass something that even the Manufacturers Association of Illinois says will lead to the largest rate hike in Illinois history for utility customers. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot at stake. And uh, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of sunlight on all of it. It's legislative tyranny that uh, I believe it was Washington warned us about. And the reality is Chris Welch, Walsh, whatever, he's from Hillside. And he was one of Madigan's inner circle. In fact, when he brushes his teeth, Mike Madigan gets a manicure. He's a hand puppet. And when you see this this be sold as something refreshing, the people in Springfield, the people you deal with, the, the farmers, the, the independent people who are not in on this Cook County kind of mobocracy, um, do they, do they, we have towns in this, in South Illinois that are pretty much vacated. Do they see a, 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 an opportunity to, stay or are they willing to pack up and leave in your opinion we do see the migration out of illinois illinois is one of three states that uh, that lost population in the past 10 years and uh, one of the uh, the, the major uh, indications of the population shift was people moving from smaller communities to larger communities now within the state that seems to have been focused on areas like Kendall County, I think, was one that grew the most and people moving into Chicago. But on net, people are leaving the state. And I hear from lawmakers on border regions of Illinois that have their taxpayers looking across the river, say, in Indiana or Iowa or Missouri, and they see that their property taxes are so much lower in a different state. Or you have small businesses that look at the cost of doing business the cost of workers' comp, the cost of unemployment insurance, the cost of all of these things that they have to pay the government in order to do business in Illinois, it's cheaper in other states. So there's a ton of different factors that lead to individuals looking for greener pastures elsewhere. And Illinois, I think, experienced that in the past 10 years, losing up more than 18,000 people, according to the U.S. Census. Now, you've written a couple of articles that I'm interested in. And I like your site, by the way. I have to tell you, this was brought to my attention by the lovely Misty Callahan. I really, really the center, like this. The centersquare.com, uh, we, we definitely take a, a taxpayer's uh, perspective on what's going on in Springfield, so we appreciate any time that uh, we can tell uh, Chicago listeners about the centersquare.com. Now, I enjoy Illinois. I drive through it often. I, I've always, you know, I grew up there. I love it, and I love when you go south. I love the mentality of the Illinoisan. It's that old-world Midwesterner. American principled person. I love that. So when you see something like um, a vaccine mandate, and you understand that now at this point, government, our American government, our Illinois government specifically, has taken the idea of the Soviet Union where you can agree with me and we welcome that, but if you disagree with me, too bad, you're going to do it anyway. There are lawmakers from your area that are trying to stop this kind of uh, fascism, are there not? There are uh, lawmakers all around the state. Uh, I just talked with uh, State Representative Mark Batnick, a Republican from uh, Plainfield, and uh, he had a back and forth with the governor in the past uh, 40, 72 hours or so. He sent the governor a letter saying, listen, we need to have some kind of metrics to point to that we can relax the mask mandates on kids in school. 
Uh, he also said that we need to have public hearings on this because there are negative consequences to masking young children that need to be discussed. But there's no public hearings. Now, the governor said that he's open to uh, you know getting input from all lawmakers, including Republicans. But really, it's not up to the governor per se. You do have the legislative leaders with Senate President Don Harmon and House Speaker uh, Emmanuel Chris Welch, uh, who I've asked multiple times and have not really gotten clear responses as to why they're not providing that check to the governor's authority, why they're not having legislative hearings about masking children in schools, why they're not having hearings about the governor's 30-day executive orders and whether or not he can be continuous uh, orders month after month. We're almost 20 months into this. Yeah. Now, the governor, again, he says that, you know, the legislature can call themselves back, but the governor can also call the legislature back. Uh, but uh, the only response I've gotten back from the House Speaker's office several weeks ago when I asked why not call the legislature back to deal with these things is the Speaker supports the governor's uh, efforts in combating yeah. COVID-19. But the Speaker's just one person. There are 118 members of the Illinois House. See, Greg, uh, this is the benefit of growing up where I grew up and understanding the game the way I do. This is a, a, a mafia, and the capo never questions the Don. Now, the other thing I want to tell you is, see, you guys are very polite down south. I love it. And by the way, the food is phenomenal. But this idea we're sending a letter like it was 1845, I suggest you kick a door in and you yell at that beanbag with a pumpkin on it we call a governor. Instead of sending letters, I think we might get a little better response but in the meantime, I need people like you to keep me in check. Thank you, Greg Bishop, senior staff reporter, the Center Square. And I am looking forward to tuning in to WMAY Morning Newsfeed. Greatly appreciate it. Anytime, just let me know how I can help. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. You know, they're voting on energy rules. Let me tell you something. Let me cut to the chase. Your energy bill's going up, kid. ComEd owns these politicians like chiclets in their pocket. You really think they're going to go, oh, they're going to go after ComEd. They've been bribing Mike Madigan and the Democrats for decades. They're phony contracts, and they pay back. How many buildings do you think ComEd has in the city? Uh, anybody? Lots. Who do you, 10. Who do you think gets the contracts? Who do you think gets the contracts? You know, to clean. Pay attention. Have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? Big mistake. Next thing you know, you're in your kitchen unloading all these extra items you don't need saying, what did I do? That's kind of like someone who goes into retirement without an income plan. You file for Social Security too early, start pulling from your savings, and two years later, you look at your balance and say, what did I do? Tom Fortino and the team at the Alpha Wealth Group can help you build a complete retirement plan that includes everything you need. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Anybody uses the expression, crime doesn't pay, doesn't know a Democrat, specifically a Chicago Mafia Democrat. These are my favorite ones. There is not even a question. On your comment, Bill, right now, 
there's a line item. It's called Zero Emission Standard. This is based on, in 2016, a, uh, this is right in the middle of all of the corruptions when they own the, the Chicago Democrat. ComEd won approval for a uh, lucrative Springfield le- legislation called the Future Energy Jobs Act, or FEJA. This pretty much is to bail out one, or no, I shouldn't say one, it's actually several, of the 14 nuclear plants that are in Illinois. 14! Aside from that, Illinois is rich in coal, rich in oil. All through politics, they will will not allow it to benefit the Illinoisan. In fact, due to this little law that they stuffed in there, you're giving ComEd and their parent company, Exelon, $235 million a year to bail out for the power plants that they shut down. And then they raise your bill. And that's all getting stuffed down your throat. I was going to pick the other orifice, but it's only five. Five o'clock hour. We're going to wait till after six before we start doing that. This uh, so-called indictment and feds and the 50-page thing, whatever fine... ComEd gets, they will pass on to you. They're already doing it through legislation. At the end of this so-called meeting that's taking place in Springfield, where the thieves are all deciding how much they're going to, they're like the Taliban, how much they're going to take to let the planes take off. They're, they're deciding how much they're going to take to let your bill go up or to force you into this Hobson's choice of, don't you want to be green? I mean, after all, it's the Jobs Act and the nuclear. Sure, they're not going to going to operate and they're not going to benefit you but you you're going to pay three times rather than benefiting from the fact that our state illinois has the most nuclear power plants in it the most and i believe they're green so it kind of goes to show you about their their stated mission statement versus what they're really doing in those restaurants and bars in springfield illinois and these bills that they shove down, the Illinois politician doesn't read it. And they take every opportunity to solidify this corruption so that it exists in perpetuity. Um, I have not reviewed the details of the maps. They haven't even been sent to me. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go to uh, Gene and Jude, somebody get you a sack of dogs, and you sit down, fatso, with a napkin in your shirt, and you read the damn bill. What do you say, you necklace moron? Yet, uh, and you know what my principles are around maps, which are really around diversity of representation uh, for the diverse. Diversity of representation means that a Republican district is going bye bye, bye bye. State that we have. It, it, it isn't about that. It isn't about party affiliation. It really is about diversity of our state and the representation. That diversity is awful expensive. Of course, only to the people who actually make money. If you're on the government dole, if you're a benefactor of that, you're licking your chops. And do you think this has to do with race? No, 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 no. Most of the people who benefit from their so-called diversity are white Democrats, lawyers, lobbyists, scumbags. The people of color are just the useful idiots that are used to enrich. The Mike Madigan, the Ed Burke the J.B. Pritzker, Inc., the whole family. They've been doing this for years. And did they get in trouble for the phony loans and the extra interest that were charged to black homebuyers from his bank? What was his penalty? 
He's the governor of Illinois. Presentation that people who sometimes haven't been represented all that well over decades uh, are now, should now be represented means in a state as diverse as ours. You'll see them report that the maps are final and that they're running in these new districts or they're announcing to run in these new districts. But they cannot avoid the fact that their maps were unconstitutional and the process is now in the hands of the court, who appears to be very skeptical of the Democrats, if not. Does anybody want to bet? I mean, I, I, I'm sure this guy who sounds like Dan Proft has all the best intentions in the world. I really, he's probably a wonderful guy. Do you think that the Democrat judges, you know, like Ed Burke's wife and the rest of them, do you think that they're skeptical about this map and they're really they're going to fight for uh, the American or the Illinois Republican Party? They're, they're going to fight the Democrat mafia. Just, you know, patently agreeing with the plaintiffs. The plaintiffs are both the Republican leaders uh, as well as um, Moldef, which is the nation's leading Latino legal civil rights organization. Mal, you know, you don't have to listen to Republicans. Moldef says that the maps drawn were unconstitutional, and Maldef asks for relief from the court. This isn't just an argument between Republicans. You're letting the most corrupt group in Illinois draw the maps. You're, you're asking your abuser to not abuse you. That's what they do. And the Illinoisan is so browbeat at this point. They're like a battered housewife who thinks a good day is when their husband doesn't kick the door in and punch him in the face. So this sounds perfectly normal to you. And you think you have a chance. You don't have a snowball's chance in Cuba, the other communist haven. So the same ideology, same corruption as the Illinois Democrat. The Democrats, Republicans. But the point here is this isn't just an argument between Republicans and Democrats. All the good government groups, the civic organizations... Uh, Good government groups. You mean like the one that Andy Shaw, the old reporter from ABC, had it up the, uh, what is it called? The Good Government, Better Government, whatever it is. You know, and then his daughter graduates college and goes to work for the Obama administration. You mean like that group? Is they, Are they on my side? I understand every once in a while they bring up a topic, but whatever happens, one of their relatives gets a cushy job in government. They're totally aligned that this has been a sham process and that there's now a court uh, process that's going to control how this thing plays out. The remedies that the court has in front of it are to either uh, embrace the bipartisan redistricting commission that exists under the Illinois Constitution, or for the courts to appoint what's called a special master. You've seen this in courts across the country. Well, that doesn't sound right. Where the court declares that the politicians screwed it up. Although Illinois. Special master. That does sound right. He should be short. He should be a Southside Irishman. And we should keep the party going. Because that's what uh, we've had for the last 50 years that Mike Madigan has ruled the state. A uh, state master. Al, Carol Stream. How you doing, John? Good, Good to talk you? to you. You too. Okay. As you know, it's all about the money, right? Absolutely. So I got I got three three questions. One, what would happen if we have let's say ten million person demonstrations in ten major cities simultaneously? You think think we'd be able to get anyone's attention? Are we are we dressed 
in black like ninjas? Are we have Molotov cocktails and are we burning down police stations? Because then the answer is nothing would happen. And in fact, we may actually get what we want and possibly paid for it. If you're suggesting that Americans go out waving flags, demanding American principles and the unalienable rights of the individual. What would happen is I think you would get investigated. The Congress would have a committee and you'd be put in prison without your ability to call a lawyer or know what you're being charged with for six months. Yeah. Next question. My my next question is, what would happen if all of us taxpayers changed our withholding exemption to the highest amount allowable by law so that we are not giving the government interest-free loans every year. Al, this is a this is a point that you would have to call our sponsor and get the IRS off your ASS because the reality yeah. is I know hitmen that are afraid of the IRS because they have <laughs> unadmitted power. They could seize every asset that's in your name and even some that aren't. So the reality is yeah. this is um, there's a reason they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents in the infrastructure yeah. bill. Next question. And my, my last question is, what would happen if, let's say, 75 million people did not file tax returns next April? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you, you'd be prosecuted far greater than if you were a uh, welfare Democrat shooting out of your car when they're on the Eisenhower. Yeah. All right. Have I yeah. answered all your questions? Yeah, they did. But I just you. wanted to get some ideas out there for some thought. Yeah. I hate to do it to you. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And that's exactly how the world works, unfortunately. But never forget the kind of government you have and who they're fighting for. A group that Vice President Kamala Harris urged followers to support helped free an alleged domestic abuser who is now accused of murder. Minneapolis police say George Howard shot another driver in an act of road rage. He was out on bond posted last month by the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Now that is the same group Harris got behind last summer. Its organizers now say they are looking for the best way to fulfill the mission. Let's name it the Minnesota Freedom Group, and we're going to pay the uh, costs to get murderers and carjackers and all-around degenerates out on the streets so they could kill innocent people. Uh, welcome to the Democrat Party. Daniel and Evanston, hang on. I'll take you first. got to go to break. 312-642-5600. It's an interesting time. I've never understood how somebody could vote for mobsters and corrupt people and hide under a party. But I've never understood how an American political party could promote the principles and ideologies of communism. Never did. Democrats have been doing it since FDR. In fact, every policy they have is a seed of failure and corruption. And another excuse to take from some people in the name of another. American Democrat Party. Is a Marxist, communist, socialist party that promotes an ideology that has slayed nations throughout history. Their players are almost amusing. As you look at this 80-year-old diaper-wearing facade of a man, 50 years of absolute stupidity and wrong, him and the other Democrats, like Charlie Wilson, armed the Taliban, called them freedom fighters, as they fought a proxy war, organized them. Barack Obama trades their top now government officials who used to be just terrorists for Bo, the transvestite, whatever his name is. In fact, everything they touch, they screw up. Chicago, Illinois is the best example. City, hopelessness. 
corruption, crime through the roof. There are still people out there who call themselves Democrats. There are still people who champion it. Now, granted, the majority of them are profiteers, lawyers and ritzy neighborhoods who drive Mercedes, use their victims, also known as their base, as weapons and shields. And then they're going to politicize everything from a virus to the war in Afghanistan, which is now Talibanistan. Daniel Evanston. Yeah, I, I'm just so angry with Biden because uh, now, now uh, I can't get my legs blown off in Afghanistan to promote women's rights. You know, I think if we had spent a few more trillion, we really would have won the See, war. See, now, Daniel, you could have taken the approach of saying, and I agreed with you, we shouldn't have had one American hurt there. Not one. We should have never went there. You could have taken that approach, and you could have maybe looked at the fact of who Joe Biden is and his policies. You could have maybe understood that he is actually who built the Taliban, him and politicians like him, who armed those 7th century savages, those morons who just discovered toilet paper in July. You could have taken that approach, and you could have, we could have agreed on something. But instead, you are a political, useful idiot who would vote Democrat if they resurrected Manson because you live in Evanston and you've been I'm taught all that stuff. In fact, you're the, you're the kind of tree hugger who touts biomass where they chop the trees down to fake coal. You're a moron. Go, go in Evanston. Good luck. Go outside. Put a sign on. Hang a $100 bill out of your back pocket. Walk through Evanston in the north side of Chicago. Tell me how you do, moron. See, they, they, they just can't think. They can't think. And that's why they vote for Biden. They don't know who they're voting for. They're idiots. They're children. They're children. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back. We have to build back better. Yeah. And there's we their have guy. To compete. There's their guy. Lori Lightfoot. Their guy. Daily. Their guy. Madigan. Their guy. They can't be robbed, offended. They can't be. They can't live in the wallow in the circumstances of hopelessness that the socialists build with thinking. Why did we get here? And how is it? And who's at fault? So he, his original comment was, thank Biden for ending the war. See, here's how you look at it. When were no Americans killed? Hmm. It would be the last 18 months of the Trump administration. 18 months without one of these cultist morons in drapery running around yelling Alibaba, chopping their own daughter's heads off. Without one of them killing an American. That's called ending the war, stupid but you live in Evanston. You live in a city where Democrats destroyed it, and you're still a Democrat. You're hopeless. Now go turn the dial, because you're too stupid to listen. David and Lansing. Uh, hey, Sean. Just a quick aside. Barack Obama stole Bob the Builder's motto, Yes, We Can. And now we have um, uh, Diapers Biden. He's saying, Build Back Better. That's like Bob the Builder. You know, he, he could say, Bob the Builder, Build Back Better. I don't know if he can complete that phrase. But just, just, you, you just stick with my lines. At least, at least it wasn't as painful as it could have been. You did use diapers Biden, so you, you did okay. Now go ahead. <laughs> okay, I have, a, I have a question. You have some influence in the media. Uh, can oh, you get sure. somebody... Very <laughs> Yeah. You have more than I do, but could, could you get could you get somebody from the Illinois State Press Corps or the National Press Corps to ask Pritzker or Biden or Fauci this question? Did you, sir, instruct anyone to invest in the following five companies before the uh, vex these vaccine companies before the um, 
uh, contracts were secured to sell the COVID-19 vaccines. Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech. David, first thing, first thing, first thing. You never ask a liar to tell you the truth. You assume everything they say. This is an old expression that I learned very young. Lie to me once, shame on you. Lie to me twice, shame on me. Simple. Once they lie, they never tell the truth. This is, goes for spouses, business partners, politicians. It's all the same. So I never ask a liar to tell me the truth. I look at the evidence. All I need to do is look at the financial disclosures of all the top Democrats and, by the way, those lapdogs, the ones that don't become uh, Secretary of State, the lapdogs that work in their offices. See, this is what it's always about. They've been front-running policies for 70 years, 80 years. Take a look. You want to know something that's really sickening? Look at what politicians did to Vanderbilt. Look what they did to, to, to Vanderbilt. Uh, uh, what's his name's uh, grandfather? Look at how they, they front-ran policies that they thought they could disrupt his, his company and destroy it. Take a look Anderson at what they've Cooper. been. This is the policy. Yes, Anderson Cooper, the Commodore. This is how they make their money. This is why they go into politics. This is how Joe Biden has amassed well over $100 million. God only knows what he's really worth. This is how his brother gets contract. All of it. This is the scam. And it works. How do you think yeah. Nancy Pelosi, she went from dancing on tables. Look at her. Millions. Get off the table, Nancy. Thanks, Dave, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, I don't have time. We're going to go to commercial. Megan Lee, hang on. We're going to take you when we get back. If you want to be on the line, 312-642-5600. I'll be back. All right. I got, uh, we're going to go after the money, absolutely. But I've got Bernie Sanders. I've got Chuck Schumer and get off the table, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, it's just too much. It's just too much. We're going to have to take some calls, have a cleansing breath before we get to these. 80-year-old morons, and that's no offense towards 80-year-olds. I, I have one, um, although I wouldn't let him run things. In fact, I'm a little worried about how much Chavez he's taken down right now. But um, the reality is these 80-year-olds, this generation, such a complex generation, the baby boomers, so many of them were wonderful people. But the ones that went into politics, <sighs> terrible rats, weren't they? It's really the truth. Lee and Hammond. Yeah, how you doing, Sean? Good, Lee. Uh you know, it, it drives me crazy when I hear these Republicans in Congress referring to uh, their Democratic opposition as my friends across the aisle. I got a clip, you know, brother, I, for I, you. I wish they would use the language you use because, you know, as long as they keep playing patty cake with these clowns, they're never going to be able to get through to the American people what this Democratic Party's all about. Lee, it's never forget the Republicans and the Democrats share the same banker. The Republicans and the Democrats are two bookends of the same scheme that has bankrupted a country that really was almost unbankruptable, unsinkable. We were the Titanic. And you look at us today. You look at us today. You look at the fact of the debt. You look at how, how complex and how corrupted our GDP is, how subsidized it is. Like Illinoisans, Lee, how many Illinoisans knew we, we've already been bailing out ComEd? In fact, we've been paying the bribe fee. Right. And, and the thing is that, uh, that it, you know, we don't have an alternative. I mean, what else can we do? It's unless, legislative unless we tyranny. start getting Republicans in there with the fire in their belly like you have, 
or Trump had, which is why they wanted to get rid of Trump. Well, you know, I don't know how we're going to change this. I'm not a Republican, Lee, and I, I, I've run from that because when people ask me, what, what's your party? I say, I, I, I used to say, I, I believe in Americanism, American principles. I now am a son of liberty. If you look back at what the son of liberties were, if you look back at what this group of people who call themselves the son of liberty, what they really were, were the people who believed in the Enlightenment and didn't want to be slaves. That's me. Republicans don't mind the corruption. They love it, Lee. They profit from it. I mean, if you look at what really broke this country, it's George W. Bush. No question but about the it. The thing is, uh, I, I don't know what else can we do. I mean, what, what's our alternative? You know? I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan, Lee, of like guys like you coming to places where I am right now and to other states like this to put up a fight where you can at least have influence in your local politicians. You cannot influence the Illinois politician anymore. It's over with, you know, in my opinion. I'm in, I'm in Lake County, Indiana. It's not much better than Cook County, to tell you the truth. Oh, sure. You come by me. You'll love, the, you'll love it. Right now it's 90, sunny. You'll love it. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate the call very much. Megan in Orland Park. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mike. First of all, I want to say that my husband and family give me a hard time when I get ready to call you. They're like, oh, my God, not another call to Sean. <laughs> Husbands have never liked me, Megan. It's just kind of a theme. Go ahead. Well, my husband is conservative, but he's like, you know, you're just over the top. But anyhow, every time, every day, you say something that makes me want to call. Also, Sean, I'm keeping a list. I've got three right now of Seanisms. Oh, I got Because um, you crack me up. Right. Seanisms. Like a couple of weeks ago, you said uh, the Congress or whatever was a kabuki theater. Uh-huh. Um, you said today when he brushes his teeth, Mike Madigan gives the manicure yeah. and beanbag with a pumpkin head. So I'm keep, I'm going to keep that list. All right, feel free. Let's see if we can make some money off this. Yeah, we'll put it on yeah. a T-shirt. <laughs> My guy, Macbeth, loves T-shirts. He's putting up one now. So we'll there see what go. we can do. All right? There you go. But the, the main reason why I called, though, is like when the... Stimulus checks came out, and like I was at Oakbrook Mall, where everybody was like, la, 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 you know, shop, 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 and everything. Yeah. Just you know, you know, I'm going to go driving down through the Park and I see all the restaurants are like, just wait, buckle up, folks, because... Stimulus check is the, is the government approval of fraud. Right. Because what they what they believe is is kind of like what got us into every financial crisis we've ever gotten into is where you extend credit and pretend it is profit. It's like people who remember in in 2008, they blame the collapse on people, rightfully so, who used property as a ATM. This is Mm -hmm. the government doing it and destroying the faith in the dollar, the good faith and credit. So so that's why I say. And I'll argue it with anybody, especially a Keynesian fraud that subscribes to the Krugman philosophy of fake it until you can't fake it anymore, which is possibly their end game. They don't know. But um, that's just a short term high by people who have no concept of money and or or you know what it is. They're they're like they're like the old fashioned hookers on Madison Avenue who used to sell themselves for ten dollars. They're cheap hookers. They're not even expensive ones. Thank you, (laughs) Megan. I appreciate it. You know, at least if you're going to sell yourself, you do it like ComEd. $2 billion in subsidies. There you go. Now, that's a hooker. That's a call girl there. Not what these idiots are promoting. Madam Speaker, we just got a letter. We saw the letter that Secretary Yellen had sent you uh, about the debt ceiling. And she wrote in there that she expects those extraordinary measures to expire sometime in October. 
What is your plan to deal with the debt ceiling? And it does that letter impact your thinking about it? Because she said irreparable damage could be done if, if that's not addressed. Well, I appreciate your question. I do have the letter. Just got it this morning, as you know. And uh, she does say uh, Listen that we have just until mid-October with any of the unusual, hopefully by mid-October, but unusual measures uh, that the Secretary of the Treasury has, Treasury has at her disposal. Uh, we will, let me just say, the Constitution says that full faith and credit of the United States is not to be in doubt. Uh, it's- the Constitution doesn't say to keep raising the debt ceiling, moron. Let's not even pretend we have one anymore. Can we please... Stop pretending we have a debt ceiling. The country is $30 trillion in debt that it admits to. 275 in unfunded liabilities. More money than exists if you seize everything everywhere. You can't pay it. The whole damn thing is a lie. It's a three-card Monty in New York, and you got a seersucker suit on, kid. What are you, a pigeon? You keep buying this gaga. Shouldn't be. We. I don't how we got this custom of having to uh, to deal with it each year because it is controversial. Uh, during the Trump administration, which amassed over $7 trillion in debt. Barack Obama, $10 trillion. George Bush doubled it. Everybody doubled it. Even Clinton, he just ran a surplus in the actual yearly, not the debt, morons. Got to hear that nonsense day in and day out. And here's an idiot that's going to tell you this is what the country needs. And that's what this debt ceiling lift is paying for people say oh you just want to spend my no this is we're paying the credit card the trump credit card uh, with what we would do to lift the debt so you're paying the debt with debt you stupid idiot now i understand you think it's smart to shoot plastic into your lips so you look like a fish on a hook but this is a moronacy that we all pay for that we all pay for generations yet unborn you know the ones you want to kill part-time when you're not uh Really thinking about things? The President, uh, the Congress and the Senate here have got to make a very fundamental decision, and that is, do we li- listen? Do we listen to the American people who are hurting today, to seeing this? Well- All the people who are hurting are people that depended on Democrats. Every single one of them are people who depended on this financial scheme, this thievery, this legalized fraud of now the american economy the entire economy is tainted if you step back and look at what they call a gdp and can't figure out how much of that number is subsidized guess who you vote for the dementia patient in diapers 312-642-5600 just think when that song came out the national debt was $3 trillion. <laughs> man, oh man. you got to love this. It's movie. a travesty of a mockery of a sham of a mockery of a travesty of two mockeries of a sham. That's exactly what it is. It's outrageous. John in Midlothian. Love that, Tom. Hey, how you doing? Uh, just a few things I think would help. Uh, and just uh, two main drivers of why we're in debt. One, those long war contracts where we never get a state of the war over the last 20 years. Don't know when they ran out. You can't democratize tribal people, you know, for hundreds of years. And the other thing is, too, deficit spending. What household in America could survive with a deficit spending mindset? And just three other things. Shrink the tax code to 12 pages so layman taxpayers could understand it. Put the dollar back on the gold standard because the promise of the U.S. means squat now. And I think we'd uh, be on the road to 
getting away from all that fluff you reference, you know, and the credit and this and that, like, it becomes more tangible then, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? You could never do it. I I love this argument. You could never do it because, first of all, gold would be at about one hundred and seventy-five thousand an ounce if you if you tried to secure the dollar back to gold. They've destroyed it too much, and the reason that they took it off the gold standard is because they had been reckless, and the scum, de tutte scum, Nixon, understood how you had to continue the fraud. So he is the one who did it. Now, if you really go back to the Brenton Woods Agreement and why the dollar is considered to be the world currency. We broke that agreement. We did. We're the bad guy when it comes to financial skullduggery. It's not even a question. And it's our American politicians. And it's American politicians that did it. So if you're asking me what I think could save the dollar, the answer is competition by American capitalists to create another currency. That's exactly. You're never going to save the dollar. You're just going to perpetuate this constant lie. And you've got politicians that are telling their constituents, and their constituents are nodding because they want to pay off, that we need to borrow more to pay existing debt. At that point, that is so ridiculous, Nancy Pelosi should be seized by her big inflated Botoxed lips and dragged out of office. I'm a banker. It would never work. <laughs> it's preposterous. John, you know that. And by the way, look at what the American government has done to banking in this country. How many, how many banks really control the finance in America? You're a banker. I think it's seven, I think to, it could, seven, seven to nine. And when they, they forced people to take the bailout, the majority of those banks said, no, we don't need this money. The other banks said, you're going to take this money by the time we leave this room. And then lo and behold, you don't need it, but you gave it to them. Why? Smoking theirs. Oh, you know, perpetuate the, uh, you know, whenever there's something bad that goes on, someone has come in like a knight in shining armor. And it's all a lie. And look at how they how they regulate you to where you have to hire people just to deal with government regulations because they don't want the competition. So, John, you know this, and it's sad to tell the American people the country is corrupted, the dollar is manipulated beyond control, and the small group of oligarchs benefit while we pay the tab. Thank you, John Midlothian. Kevin Craig, I'm sorry I didn't get to you. Fastest show ever. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. You know, in a 10-year period when health care costs, both to independent entrepreneurs and companies, increases 3 to 400%. There's less doctors when they've managed to politicize healthcare, and government's hand is the one in control. You wouldn't believe the ramifications it has on everything, including business. Paul Siegert, managing partner at PCS Advisors, is a kind of a, 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 a kind of a maverick. He's got some ideas that don't fit into the government agenda or the future, but we're going to need these kind of guys and these kind of ideas to help us in the future. Paul, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, I was reading your, your bio and what your company does. And I'm, before we get on to the um, no vax in, in Miami and the doctor won't help him, 
I'm curious to know, do you see the future as something that will be more friendly to businesses or more hostile? I see a great future that will be more friendly to businesses, and it will only happen because of businesses. And like they are the only stakeholders in the system who have a need and the will to change the system. There's never been political will to fix it because of the power of lobbying. Regardless of who has power at any given time, the situation gets worse politically. But there are many bright spots around the country where employers who've had enough take charge of the situation and they've and they've managed to fix the American healthcare system. We have great healthcare, the way we pay for it's a little bit crazy. Uh, but there are there's a reason for hope and we get up every day and and work with employers to fix it. And it's really gonna be innovators and, and, and guys who are driven by solutions and the profit therein that fix it. I'm just exactly. concerned because I'm seeing government gain more and more and more control and they've got the power of regulation which is in, in essence a law to uh, yep. corral businesses I had I you know I have businesses I know what it's like and there's no category that counts how many businesses go under from this massive increase that nobody talks about anymore right. yeah, I find that to That's be right. sickening it is it was a fifth it was five percent of our GDP when Medicare was started now it's a fifth of our economy and it, essentially it self-regulates because of the power of lobbying. The only thing government does successfully and consistently is print more money to subsidize more coverage to buy something that's overpriced and full of waste. And it's not necessary. And that's the good news. And we can fix it. We are fixing it. Good. Uh, all around the country. Thank goodness. Now, I am in South Florida. I, uh, I go back and forth between Illinois and South Florida. I was so... I, mean, I am so excited to live in South Florida because I find it, now I'm on the West Coast, I find it to be kind of existing on the principles of Americanism. I loved last year when, mm -hmm. during my other state, was shut down, this one thrived. However, there's a troubling issue going on right now in Miami, and that is that a doctor refuses yep. to treat a patient because the patient isn't vaccinated. Can you uh, enlighten the people, please? <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty incredible. It's I think we're at the height of virtue signaling when you have primary care physicians now. And this this doctor in Florida is not the only one. It's a, a there is a little bit of a trend developing. Uh, another one in Alabama came out today and announced on Facebook that this doctor would not be seeing any of their patients anymore if they were unvaccinated. And it's an inch, to me, it's a really interesting line to draw in the sand, and that is the phrase that the doctor in, in Florida used, to say we're drawing a line in the sand because COVID is the moment. It, it's so serious. It's killed 650,000 people in America and millions around the world. And if you've chosen to be unvaccinated, I can no longer treat you or be your doctor. And... That's really incredible. When you do what I do every day and you see what the cost drivers are in our system, waste, of course, is one of the biggest, and profiteering. Um, but when you see that 86% of what we spend on a daily basis on healthcare in this country and in our system is to treat chronic illnesses that are 
mostly the result of lifestyle decisions. We're talking about high blood pressure. We're talking about diabetes sure. and so on. They're, they're the result of our lifestyle. And yet you have, a, you have a doctor that will see patients on a daily basis who are obese. We've, we've increased childhood obesity by 10 points during the epidemic. That is going to have a, a really, from a cost standpoint, I'm a numbers person, mm-hmm. the long-term effect on our system in terms of cost and outcomes and health for our young children over the next 10, 20, 30 years is going to, COVID's nothing compared to that. And you have a doctor that's saying, this is the line in the sand, and that doctor will continue to, to treat people that have chronic illnesses because of a sedentary lifestyle where they, you know, poor nutrition, blah, 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 you know, obesity and, and so on. It's an interesting line to draw. Well, the, the thing that I've noticed is um, this is, has, has always been the basis of, of health care. They are very comfortable taking from the people who treat themselves correctly, who live a good lifestyle, who are, in essence, for all intents and purposes, healthy. Or people like me, who I, I think I am, but I will not. I don't go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor since 1982. Nobody in my family did. Yeah. Some of them make it to 85 or 90, and the rest, some of them die young. But that's all right. I'm, I'm happy with the cards I got. But my point is, sure. the system yeah. runs on taking from those who live correctly, who do a good, who are good uh, in, in the form of health care, and giving to the people who continue to harm themselves. And government comes in and says, this is the way of the future, this is the way it's got to be. And they've created these systems that are riddled with fraud. It's almost as if they're designed to be frauded. Is there, does the future look like what you've kind of led, led with, where the small groups will pair off and get together and concierge medicine will be the future and, and groups are put together, small people, and we are able to break away from this iron-fisted maze that they put us in? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a moving target. It's hard to do because of regulation, as you pointed out. It's harder in some states than others. It can still be done. I have uh, five children. If I'm lucky enough, I, I will have another. Mm-hmm. And so I have a large family and my health insurance premium. If I was here, I am a healthcare consultant. I've literally worked with thousands of employers around the country. And if I were to buy my health coverage for my family in the retail marketplace, it would be more than $20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I would have a deductible and out of pocket max that was five, six, $7,000 per person or say 15, 12 to 15 for the family. So pretty functionally uninsured for a healthy group of people. And I do not choose to get my coverage that way. I do it in an alternative fashion and I, I spend about $7,000 a year, let's say. And it, but the, the sad reality is we don't have, if you're going to the normal marketplace, you are put into that group, like you described, where you are funding um, all these different things yeah. that are often choice-based. And here we have COVID is putting a pretty bright spotlight on the fact that that's what's going on. We don't. We have the best healthcare in the world, wow. and it's easy to say that. Actually, I mean, we have the best healthcare in the world. Most of the life-saving drugs are invented here. Most, I mean, that we. 
all the good things come from America, yet the way we pay for it is really crazy. And you have a disease right now that's moving through the population with COVID that is highlighting the fact that, it, or it's actually the same as it was before. You have the same population, part of the population that was driving all of the cost, 86% of what we spent on healthcare was coming from chronic illness. That was mostly the rule of lifestyle decisions. Those are the same people that drive the cost with COVID. 80% of the people that get hospitalized and perish from COVID are, are in that same exact profile, mm-hmm. same category. And then you have employers that are putting a vaccine mandate that's broad across their whole population, say like, or a surcharge like Delta Airlines, $200 a month if you're not vaccinated. And it ignores the fact that you can have natural immunity that study after study has confirmed Emory University in the last month or so. Uh, and it ignores the fact that we're not, not all groups are equally at risk. Well, that. it does something else that's kind of sneaky that I, I, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. It has immunized the vaccine manufacturers and the pharmaceutical companies for many ramifications. In essence, what it's done is shift the cost and the burden to the insurance companies. Are insurance companies adjusting to this new risk oh, that absolutely. politicians have put them to? Oh, absolutely. I um, there's no question. Milliman is a big actuarial firm, one of the biggest out there. They put out a rep- they put out various reports to forecast what's the annual increase going to be in premium. And a recent report they showed that it's going to be a 31 percent increase, I believe. Oh. For a typical employer, that's going to be their increase in their share of cost for their health plan. It's inflationary. It's ridiculous. Here we have a situation where we're this, you know, we're supposed to be the most innovative, advanced country in the world, and we are, but we're allowing this to occur. And it's, I, in fact, I spoke with employers around the country this week so far in a handful of different states. I spoke to one that's facing a 31% renewal. Another, the best was 17.5%. Ooh, bargain. And one that had a, yeah, and one that had a 100% renewal. So then as a result, they shift cost to the employees. They downgrade the quality of the coverage mm-hmm. and continue to increase this reality of functionally insured people. Yeah. Now so I know when I'm mad, why I'm mad when I get my, this is why I'm mad when I get my checks up, throw things and everything. I don't even look anymore. Paul yeah, Siegert, exactly. managing partner at PCS Advisors. I like the fact you're still optimistic. I want companies to go over and take a look at uh, pcsadvisors.com. Keep up the good fight because we need you in there because I'm getting nervous with all these socialists talking about how great it's going to be when I live like I'm in Cuba where I have to bring my own pillow to the hospital. I don't want to do that. So keep it up. No. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. We'll take your calls when I get back. I mean, I love to talk to these guys. This is a young guy. He's got a company. He's an advisor. And I, I'll tell you what, everybody should consult with him. He has different options. And it's wonderful that they're allowing that to happen. However, I've got my eye on the American Worker Party Soviets like Bernie Sanders, not to mention the pliable for sale political whore like Nancy Pelosi and the rest of these scoundrels. Chuck Schumer. These are the guys in control. Nancy Feinstein, or, or, or what's her name, uh, Feinstein, what's her first name there, Macbeth? 
Diane Feinstein. She's got the speed racer hairdo. Haven't seen her lately. Whew, that'd be a real shame. These are the people that have destroyed our country. Bastardized capitalism. Very confident in telling us now they're going to make it better. How? We're going to mimic socialist hellholes around the world. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. I personally don't think so. That's why when Nick on the Northwest side calls and he says, listen, forget about the military industrial complex. Nick's got a new one. Hi, Nick. Hi. I'll try to make it fast. Uh, my wife was dead now, but she, uh, the last 13 years of our 26-year marriage, she had, because of uh, bad health, she had 24 trips to, in the name instead of hospital. She had many doctor's appointments, like every few months, every two, three, four months. And one thing I noticed, because I would accompany her, there's almost always a rep in there coming out from the pharmaceutical, dressed up real nice like a lawyer with that, that oh, nice yeah. piece with the nail oh. wiper. Always, it comes in waiting to go in. Of course, it gets priority because they can't be waiting for all the other people in, in turn. And, uh, or somewhere in between, as you're finished, you're coming out, there's another one coming in. And this business is like the military industrial complex, this pharmaceutical doctor complex. The doctor tells you, I'm going to prescribe this medicine, let's see how it works. Of course, a month later, you come back to see how it's working. You say, well, you know what? You, you, can, you may complain, well, I got a little bit of this, a little bit of what here. Let me change it to another one. And let's see how that works. A month later, you come back. You see what I mean? This is how it's Pharmaceutical and, uh, industrial and complex. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And it's truly a shame. And okay. most people don't understand. In some cases, they are actually paying the doctor to prescribe it to you. In essence, well, yeah, turning yeah, you yeah. into well, a if, guinea pig. With the doctors. They better with the doctors. Uh, they're, they're all happy that it's moving along because like, that keeps them all busy, keeps them making money and all that. You know, so that's you know, my Nick, opinion. Thank you so much. Let me I'm sorry about your down, wife. Okay? Sorry about your wife. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much, Nick. I appreciate it. You know, it really does explain why there's now an effort by not just government, but by media, who's lobbied, who's brought and paid for, to sell us this nonsense in the face of the reality of it's not a vaccine. At all. They call it breakout cases. They're hiding the data. They have to admit 25% of the people that are dying are fully vaccinated. They have to lie and double down on stupid because they're invested. It's a big money thing. I kind of like the pharmaceutical industrial complex because it's real. It's why they are, in fact, keeping you away from options, keeping you away from drugs that have been in this country for half a century. They're telling you that hydroxychloroquine didn't work when we've got data that it does work. Ivermectin has worked in India. Of course, we're not talking about the one that's for the Pritzker spouses, also known as racehorses. I'm not suggesting you take that. Clydesdale will be more like it when it comes to the governor. The reality is there, there is an effort to keep you away from your choices and your opinion. There is a doctor out there who took that Hippocratic oath, do no harm, treat everybody who needs it, right? The whole country, you know, they keep saying that people couldn't get treatment. That was a lie. We all knew that. This is long before Barack Obama swindled people. Everybody was getting treated. Everybody. And they were turning in the bill to the government, and the government said it was too much money, but apparently covering health care for everybody in the country isn't too much money. And the reality is they do this because of the control and they understand how to make money on the back end. And that's through having special interests where you have no option. They legislate their payoffs, 
and their kickbacks and their campaign contributions. Why isn't the so-called American liberal, God, I hate when they use that word, the Marxist, communist, fascist pigs voting Democrat? That feels better. Why aren't they recognizing the pharmaceutical industrial complex? If I remember correctly, they were against all of this kind of corporate skullduggery and schemes. Yet they're awful quiet when we are living through the greatest pharmaceutical medical failure ever. And I don't just mean the virus that they created that only kills 0.05% of us. I mean the so-called vaccine, which is by all definitions of success, not a success. In fact, it's an unmitigated failure. They're lying about it and they're keeping you away from medicines that have been in existence for 50 years that may very well work. They may very well work. It's because of the pharmaceutical industrial complex. So really, we're, we're being pulled into this other direction of legislative corruption, legislative tyranny, and legislative profiteering with no risk, I might add. Has anybody understood the government said to the pharmaceutical industry, select pharmaceutical industries, here's trillions of dollars create a vaccine. They said this is a vaccine. If it works, if it doesn't work, they already made the money. If it doesn't work and you get sick, they're held harmless. Yet who pays for it? Everybody. Everybody who has to pay the treatment or the cost of the people that it went wrong in. And in the meantime, as 25% of the people who die have it, we're still calling it a vaccine. We're losing the ideological battle of freedom versus socialism. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Wake me up before you go Ah, yes, days of wham. I actually was jealous my girlfriend had a crush on George Michael. <laughs> it turned out all right. Um, I have to clarify something. I got a text from a friend. So we had a family friend who I love to death. I haven't seen him in years, and he was a doctor. His name was uh, Jim Dalio, and he was brilliant. He was an, my uncle's very good friend, and he would come around and he would like do almost house calls where he'd go by my grandfather when my grandfather was dying and, you know, help us. So I, um, my daughter was just born. I had, uh, uh, had to park in a regular parking lot and I went out and there was a car that had door dinged my car. You know how aggravating that is? Very aggravating. Well, the guy was standing there. One thing leads to another and I break my wrist. So I have to go to the hospital. And I've never broken a bone. It was the first bone I, bone I ever broke. And I, they put the cast on. I went to the emergency room. And, and for your wrist, they put the cast on above your bicep. And it was driving me insane. So I went back and I said, I, I can't, you, you got to take this. I was still trading at the time. I'd go to work and try to write with the left hand. It was crazy. So I said, you, you got to go. You, you got to take this off or make it shorter or something I can't take. And the guy said, well, can you move your fingers? And I'm like an idiot, I said, yeah, I move my fingers. Can you feel your hand? Yeah. The guy goes, I can't take it off. So I learned to go in the car and go to the other hospital and say, I can't feel my fingers. And they cut it off and I left. Now, they had my insurance stuff. Just bill me. I don't care, but I'm not going to listen to them. So I go to Jim Dalio and he says to me, are you insane? Do you want to move your wrist? You have to go to see my buddy. So I went to go see this guy, and uh, he made me sign a thing where I would, you know, because I never went back. I said, I'm not coming back. I'm not listening. Yeah, we're not getting a cast back on. And I went to Walgreens, and I bought that wrist thing, and I used bandage, and that's how I, my wrist healed. So correction by my family member, I have been to the doctor since 1982, but it was my dear friend, Jim Dalio, and his buddy. 
And by the way, after Obamacare was implemented, Jim Dalio, who was a brilliant, brilliant man, he tried to, uh, he had a small office, and they, the regulations of Obamacare kicked in, and he had, was going to have to hire and have major costs. He ended up closing that office. He went to work for a hospital for a very short time and basically said, I don't need this anymore, and retired. So he is among the 42% of doctors that is no longer in business specifically because of the costs attributed to Obamacare, which was supposed to help you. And by the way, it's not even included in this new scam and all the other scams. They're touting this as a success. The reality is it is a massive failure, like Afghanistan, massive failure. Costs in the trillions, the destruction to business you don't even want to talk about. Nobody talks about it anymore. How many businesses went under because of health care costs? How many businesses don't get started because of health care costs? How many independent entrepreneurs are crushed under the weight of health care costs? Where that money could go to benefit those people's families, your company's decisions and growth. And in the meantime, guess who's winning the argument? We so urgently need, Mr. President, your big and bold, your big and bold Build Back Better plan. This is your way, Mr. President. So proud of what you have done, so impressed to boldly and courageously confront the challenges we face. It's a, it's a calamity. Everything he's done is terrible. You're proud? You think you're going to get a cure from these idiots? Racial and economic inequity. Or the inequity is solved by a growing private economy. The minority job growth was solved under Trumponomics. Sorry, it's just a fact. Now you've got a lie. 10 million job opening, 8 million people unemployed, and they're making more money than if they worked because of the welfare. That will destroy the American economy and already has. Where their socialist ideology exists is where this economy is most broken. Social Security, Medicare, all of the Soviet policies that nobody talks about anymore. Disaster response. And in the process, to build a healthier, a more unified, a more just, and a more robust United States of America. You're going to love it. Sure, you're going to be a slave. Sure, you don't have your choices, your opinion, your property rights, your taxes, your inheritance. Don't worry. You're going to love it. Wrong. Here's the best part. Chuck Schumer and the rest of this mafia, they're already rich. They're just going to get richer. And the only way you'll be able to exist is if you bribe them. Welcome to the United Soviet States of America. Madam President, over the last number of years, as I think everybody in America knows, Congress has provided massive tax breaks for the very wealthiest people in our country. You know who's ever gotten a tax break? Only the people who've ever made money. And they call it a tax break because they let them keep their own money. That's when you realize you're dealing with a government whose ideology is Everything is theirs. They just let you keep what they want you to keep, not what you actually earned. And you want to know what the strength of the dollar is in the future or the American economy and the prosperity and the trajectory? It's Venezuela. And these are the very policies. These are the very talking points. These are the very idiots that destroyed every country it's ever been implemented in. You want to know how it's going to end? Like, a, like, like you were a crash dummy, only you don't have the outfit and the helmet for it. Robert in Bloomingdale. Uh, hey, Sean, how you doing today? 
Good, buddy. Yeah, you know, here's a situation. People like Bernie Sanders does not understand that corporations create jobs and products, which stimulates the economy. How can well, you know you why, Robert, right? He, he never had a job. His well, first job is when he was the mayor at 42. He spent his entire life just selling communism. He never worked at anything. You think that Bernie Sanders, like me and you, got a check and you get your paycheck and you think you know what you make in the year, but when you get your check, it's 50%. You think he's ever invested in something, struggled and stressed out and hoped and worked or washed toilets and worked at a small business? You think this idiot ever did anything but sell communism that's destroyed everything and he's doing it again and the hey, problem Sean? is the people that vote for him are like yeah. the chicago democrat who just want more cheese baby hey sean yeah well i just wanted to add i didn't mean to cut cut into no, what no, you're right. saying i agree with you oh, I know. what we need is what we need in this country is term limits especially in the state of illinois on congressmen senators governors but the bad part about this is they got to stop Robert. this dirty gerrymandering that's going on your thoughts you can't stop it the crooks are the one doing and here's the other thing i want to point out to you you ever know a drug dealer to say i made enough money i'm quitting you ever know of one you ever know of one you never you ever know of one jewel thief who while he was stealing from the store said that's enough we got enough diamonds yeah thieves don't stop themselves this is who you're dealing with you think that these pickpockets are going to cut their hands off you're going to be waiting a long time brother Term yeah. limits are not the answer. You need to destroy the money flow. You need lobbyist limits. Ooh, I like that. No more lobbyists. K Street is the only place there should be vacancies. And until you make it, only Main Street will board up. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks a lot for taking my call. Hey, let me take this off a of speaker here so that I can... Uh... Yeah, you sound a little peaky, kid. Not that you ever sound like oh, a yeah, well, I... Ronstadt, but go ahead. Yeah, things. So uh, these uh, rotten leftists, uh, the whole thing about it is it's a lot worse than what you're even saying and talking about because the, it's, it's, a the, it's, it's the root of it. It's, it's the how much they hate America and they hate Americans. They hate us. They want to destroy America. They want us to destroy us. And it's intentional. This isn't like when they left those Americans behind. Their whole plan was to leave those Americans behind in Afghanistan. They hate us. They're going to destroy our country and destroy us and right under our noses and everything. And we're thinking that they're dumb or they're making mistakes or anything at all. They're, and the media is right in with them. They got the Marxist media. They got the I, politicians. They got. Uh, I don't people, disagree with you. I just have a question for you. What kind of phone do you have? Oh, it's a uh, Samsung. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you got the only phone in America where the speaker sounds better than when it's off speaker. Thank you very much, Craig, for the call. Missed it by that much. I'll be back with your calls and comments after this. You know, I got to tell you, I am so thankful the suits gave me the extra hour. I really am. I love it. I need another one. Is that a sign of greed? There's so much stuff I didn't get to. I got to tell you, um, I don't tweet anymore out of principle. Can't stomach the idea that that freak with the beard is able to not only seize my account, which is offensive enough, but a president of the United States, they deplatform the guy and the way that they've just have run that like the true fascist pigs they are. But I still look from time to time. My friend John Cass, who I love to death, and you could find him at John underscore Cass with a K, Chicago City of Anarchy, City Hall Mayor Alderman, where are you? And what he's referencing is a CWB Chicago story, an old town man 
asked a couple of people in a car who threw out garbage to stop littering on Monday. So, of course, they fired a shot at him and crashed into some cars. <laughs> you want to tell me these aren't subhumans? They're subhumans. And by the way, this is why you're going to have to raise the debt. You got to give them a little more walking around money. You know what it's like. Which is one of the reasons why today we have more income and wealth inequality than any time since the 1920s. You know where the, where the real inequality is? From when you take the 50% of what a guy earns honestly and you give it to sloths for doing nothing. For doing absolutely nothing. And somehow their society, no, they're subhuman society. They exist, they destroy, they wreck. And not just a great city like Chicago, countries like Cuba, Venezuela, Russia, when it was called the Soviet Union, they did a name change. Probably learned that from the Democrats. It's ceiling. And when President Trump was president, we Democrats supported uh, uh, lifting the debt ceiling. Raise 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 the debt ceiling. More money. More fraud. They all get rich. Botox lips. Hair plugs. Mistresses. They all get it. I'll make the real money. All kinds of cars got all kinds of web. People ask me how I get them. I tell them stimulus. Social security surplus. Oh, guess what it's gone. Got my hands on everything like Dominic Strauss Khan. Ain't got no Medicare trust fund, son. That's just absurd. Spending every single penny that we see, son. Have you heard? Ain't got no moral objection. Ain't got no kind of complaint. Ain't got no quantitative statutory budget restraints. And I never thought I liked rap music. I like it. And you know the best part is, if you've never paid taxes, you don't give a rip. You're never going to pay taxes anyway. And the next thing you know, you're going to live in a utopia. Where not only can you throw your McDonald's bag onto the street, you could shoot anybody who asks you to pick it up. It's splendid. It's wonderful. It's Chicago's future. Because the Democrats understand they don't live in those ghettos. You think Mike Madigan lived in that little house on the south side? I don't think so. And if you do, like Fast Eddie Burke, it's only because you want to go to the Viagra Triangle with your gold Rolex and play mobster, and you have a team of security guards that clear the road for you and drive you home. So you don't live like the rest of the people. That's the American way now. Used to be you could come here with nothing. Start with an idea. Earn some money. Keep it. Invest it. Really make it grow. Now everything they want is for the people that destroy everything. This is who's in charge. In fact, in the midst of this pandemic, this terrible pandemic, inequality has grown. And they'll never let you understand. They're the ones that shut down the economy. They break it, pretend to fix it, and steal from the front door to the back door. I'll be back in 21 hours, fastest show on radio, bar none. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.